0: We're so glad that you've tuned into our Rolling Hills Church sermon podcast. I'm Matthew Brown, and I'm our digital engagement pastor here at Rolling Hills. I'm so excited because today we are launching our new series called Eyes on Jesus. With all that's going on in our world today, worry and stress are running rampant. So this series is all about how we as Christ followers can address the anxieties of life from a biblical perspective. Let's jump into our message and see what God has to teach us today. Well, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so
1: good to all be together today. And so I just want to say a big welcome to our Franklin campus, our Nolensville campus, our Nashville campus, our Columbia campus, and everybody who's watching online, whatever city or country around the world that God has brought us together today to hear from Him. And I'm excited about today because today we're starting a brand new series and we're launching this series called Eyes on Jesus. And this is such an important series that we wanted to bring all of us together as we launch into this series for the next four weeks and talk about this. Uh, you know, for the last 18 months, we've been in this global pandemic and we all feel it. I mean, it's taken a toll on every one of us, right? Physically, people have been sick. We've had people who've passed from this life to the next. It has been a huge toll on us physically, but also as you look at a country and around the world, it's taken a, an enormous toll on us mentally and emotionally, And we're all feeling it, man. There's times that we're tired. There's times we just don't understand what's going on. And and we feel the weight of this, but also our kids. Kids feel the weight of this going through this pandemic. And as you see this, we begin to understand there's so much worry and so much fear in the world today. And we look at the pandemic and how it's impacting all of us, all of us. You know, you can look at professional sports, right? And we can see it from Olympians, uh, to those who are in the NBA and others who've really struggled and their bodies are in great shape physically and they're ready, but, but mentally or emotionally, it's taken a toll on them. You know, we see this with uh, unruly passengers on planes. I saw the other day that it's up 700% for unruly passengers on planes and you're thinking, what is going on, you know? But yet it's just this pent up anger, this pent up emotion, this pent up frustration that's being taken out on, on, on flight attendants and others and in airports. And, and you see that and you feel that in our culture and in our world. And we're in the middle of a of a pandemic of mental health. And we even see right here in our own community in Middle Tennessee, the mental health and the toll that it's taken on, on kids and students and adults And so we want to come and we want to say these next four weeks, how do we get healthy, right? How how do we get healthy? How do we get stronger? And it's not the government that's going to issue some mandate or some law. It's not willpower that's going to get us through this, right? If your leg's broken, you don't will it back together, right? What it's going to take is it's going to take putting our eyes on Jesus. And what it's going to take is for us to grow stronger in the Lord. You know, Jesus said this when he was asked about what's the most important law Right, He is asked, hey, well, out of all the 613 laws in the Old Testament, what, what's the most important? And how did Jesus respond? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Right? And, and love your neighbor as yourself. It's a call to us to be healthy physically. Yes, we, we know that. But, but spiritually, emotionally, mentally healthy. And we want to talk about how do we do that. And I believe it all comes back to our relationship with God. That's what God wants for us. God created us. He knows how we work, right? He knows when we thrive. And so for us if to be healthy, we must put our eyes on Jesus. So, if you have a Bible, I want to invite you wherever you are, whatever campus you're at today to to grab a Bible with you or if you're online or you can grab the Rolling Hills app. You can go there, you can go to U version, pull out your mobile device. But go with me to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 so new testament kind of toward the back of your bible you got hebrews james first second peter first second third john jude and revelation so kind of toward the back there but look at hebrews chapter 12 and it says here in verse 1 it says therefore and so anytime you see a therefore in the bible you have to say what's it there for well it connects hebrews 11 to hebrews 12 okay and hebrews 11 is the faith hall of fame isn't that incredible It's the Faith Hall of Fame. It's people in the Old Testament who lived by faith. And some of them lived in incredibly overwhelming situations. I mean, we've been through a pandemic, right? And they were living in persecution. They were living in turmoil. They were going through all kinds of struggles and challenges. And yet, they're in the Hall of Fame because of their faith. (laughs) because they chose not to live by fear, not to allow worry or stress to, to dominate them, but to live by faith in their lives. Therefore, live by faith is basically what he's saying, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. And he's thinking about all these people in the Old Testament, these people who live by faith, who had a relationship with God, who trusted in God, but we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. You know, so when somebody is a believer, they, they die. A lot of times people go, well, I'm sorry for your loss. Well, actually, if they're a believer, they're not really lost, okay? We know where they are, right? If you are in Christ, you immediately go to heaven when you die. There's not a go to purgatory. There's not a, hey, go to a different place for a while. You immediately go into the presence of God. And the people in heaven can see us. And so you think about those people who've passed from this life to the next. And maybe some of your loved ones, maybe you have a grandparent or great-grandparent, somebody you were close to, right? Maybe maybe a son or a daughter or maybe a parent, a man, that, the, the hurt, you still feel that. But you know they're not lost. You know in Christ you will see them again one day. And they are surrounding us and watching us. And we are surrounded by this great cloud of witnesses as we live our life. And to know that, to be encouraged by that. But let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Now notice that, right? He Throw off everything that hinders and the sin. Sometimes there's things that hinder us that aren't sin. Now, we know that sin hinders us. We know that sin trips us up. And in fact, if you are dealing with some kind of sin today, and maybe today in your life, there's alcoholism. and Man, it's just got a hold of you. Maybe it's gambling. Uh, Maybe there's an affair going on in your life. Maybe it's anger. Hey, deal with that. Deal with that. You may think nobody else knows. Oh, they do, right? And God knows. Throw off that sin, but also the things that are hindering you from being the best. The distractions in your life the things that you're putting your faith in that, that won't last, that are here today and gone tomorrow. And it says then, hey, let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, that God's got a plan for your life. Run with perseverance. Don't quit, don't stop, go forward, fixing our eyes on Jesus. <laughs> there it is. Fix your eyes on Jesus. See, what we do so many times is we fix our eyes on our problems. Right, we fix our eyes on, on the world. We fix our eyes on the news and then fear wells up inside of us. We fix our eyes on social media and you watch and worry and, and, and envy wells up inside of us. But we are called to fix our eyes on Jesus. See, when you put your eyes on your problems, your problems get bigger. When you put your eyes on Jesus, well, he gets bigger. And faith comes in your heart, your life. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. He's the pioneer, he's the one who begins. It's in salvation that we have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, but then he doesn't leave us there. No, he's the perfecter, the sanctification in our life, becoming more like Christ. For the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Now what was the joy set before him to endure the cross? It was you, it was you, it was me. That Jesus endured it for you. He loves you that much. He didn't want you to spend eternity separated from God. So he went to the cross for you. And that's why it says in verse three, right? Consider him. Think about Jesus and the sacrifice he made for you who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. God doesn't want you to grow weary. God doesn't want you to lose heart. And in the middle of all that we've gone through, there's a lot of people and it's hard. And maybe you're tired, you're worn out. Hey, listen, consider Jesus. Think about him. Put your faith and your trust in him. You know, as Christ followers, man, our hope is in Christ and in Christ alone. And yet we live in this world that's in need. There's a world in need of Jesus and a world in need of hope. And we look at first responders, and I am so grateful for all the first responders in our church and in our community. Now, people who've been on the front lines of this pandemic physically. But you think about, too, as a Christ follower, we are first responders when it comes to mentally and emotionally. To, to help our family put their eyes on Jesus. To help those in our workplace. To help those in our school. To help those in our community. To say, hey, fix your eyes on Jesus. And the Old Testament it tells us in Psalm 121.1, it says, hey, look to the hills. Look to the hills. I set my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And even back in the Old Testament, you know, you see that. I look to the hills. Where does my help come from? And so that's why we call it Rolling Hills, right? Community church. And we want to go into all the places in Middle Tennessee and be able to say to people, hey, just kind of lift your head up and look up. There's a God who loves you so much that he sent his son. There's a God who wants to bring hope and help into your life. That's why we at different campuses throughout Middle Tennessee. And we're so excited about our Nolensville campus and our Nashville campus and the grand opening of our Columbia campus. And that's why we're so passionate about family ministry at all of our campuses at Franklin and in Nolensville, Nashville, and Columbia. And so I want you to hear today from our, our campus pastors. And I want you to hear today from our family pastors. We talk about some of the distractions that are going on in the world around us, but also how do we help minister in our community and how do we help put our eyes in the eyes of others on to Jesus. Hey, watch this. Well Jason, it's so exciting to be sitting right here right now at our Knowledgeville campus and uh, just to see this place, but also what is to come. So How are people in Knowlesville feeling right now?
2: Sure, well, I mean, that's a great question. It's a very nuanced answer, because I think here at the campus, I mean, we are just so thrilled about what's happening with our expansion. And, you know, we're sitting in a building that I know was a gift that God gave to us that we could have never uh, dreamed in our wildest imagination. And so God brought this and we're so thankful for that. But we're excited about the expansion that's gonna be happening as we're building a brand new building here on our campus. There's actually a bulldozer on site as we speak, (laughs) as we're recording this video. And so we're just thrilled about that. And I know it's a tool that God's gonna use as we seek to reach our community because you know the other answer to that question is how is the community feeling you know i think it's it's mixed you know Mm. i think people are distracted Mm. and i think because of that they're they're just kind of trying to figure out what's next you know Mm. I, i was thinking this this past year even as i was kind of praying for today I've been thinking about a verse in Ezra. It's in Ezra chapter three, and it's this verse where, where they're rebuilding the temple, and it, it gives us this little snapshot of the human condition there because it says there's the old priests who are weeping because of the new temple. It's just not as grand as the old one was, but there's the new priests who are excited to have something. And it says that when all of that came together, it was noisy, and people couldn't, they couldn't discern weeping from joy. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's where a lot of our people are and in our community it's just, they're distracted and they're trying to make sense of what's happening. And I think it's a huge opportunity for us as the church to step in and point them to Jesus and that, and to let them see that there is hope in Christ and that that Jesus is for us and and wants the absolute best for us individually and for our families. And so I think that's what we're excited about as a church is to be able to step into that.
1: Mm, That's an incredible insight. It's noisy, man, it has been noisy noisy. in our whole culture, our whole community lately. Hey, talk about what are some of those distractions? What are some of those things that are making it even noisier yeah. today?
2: Well, I think one of the things that I see here is is just a contentment or lack thereof. Mm. You know, because I think it's it, it, we're a growing community. Uh, you know, forty percent growth in the most recent census numbers here in Nolansville. So it's an incredible place to be. What an awesome place to be doing ministry. Yeah. But you know, with growth um, comes a desire to have bigger things and nicer things you know the housing market is booming here as it is all over middle tennessee and that's all awesome and and we love that but i think you've got to really be careful too that with growth sometimes kind of erodes contentment Mm. and, and and we've just got to be you know content with what we have and to to take everything that god's given us and use it as a as a a a tool you know for ministry i was thinking about my little hometown years ago i grew up in a little town in kentucky and you know we had one restaurant growing up and uh, we never complained about that restaurant because it's all we had but the minute we got the second one we all of a sudden were really critical of the first one because we had something to compare it to and i and i think that that's kind of what growth does if we're not careful is it can make us not as grateful and not as thankful for for what we have and so i think it's a distraction for some people and jesus obviously spoke a lot about you know being content and just you know resting in who he is and so that that's something that we're seeking to to help our community understand in the in the midst of what's happening with the just the explosive incredible growth that we're excited about here
1: man that is that is incredible insight because it really does i mean in our lives we just want more and more and more we kind of get caught up in that And we take our eyes off Jesus. Yeah, I mean, and you really can't do. keep
2: up. Yeah, I mean you can't really keep up. Right, right. And so it's just being still right. and saying, "Thank you, God, for where I am," and allow me to use this season for for your your purposes and your yeah. plans. Yeah, and you can't take any of it with you, right? right? You know,
1: so we we put our value on the things that aren't going to last instead of putting our value on the things right. that do. So, right. how do we how do we keep our eyes on Jesus and how do we help our people? Uh, keep yeah. our eyes on Jesus.
2: Oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think as we, I think as we seek to live humbly, and as we seek to understand, just never forgetting. You know, I, I want, I, I don't ever personally want to forget what Jesus has done for me. And and when I remember that, uh, I think I serve with more humility. I live with more humility. And humility, you know, it, it stirs on more gratitude as well. And for me to be just more thankful for where I am. So I think that, that I think it's a huge piece of the puzzle. Is just it's just, just helping people understand you know, what it means to live with humility. And we need more of that oh, yeah. <laughs> this day and age to, be, you know, to to just kind of not, not have to be right about yeah. everything all the time, but just to, to live humbly. Um, and, I, and I believe that that's, a, that's one of the clearest ways for us to keep our eyes on Jesus because He modeled that yeah. for us. And so it's just seeking to follow that example. Mm. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah it's so important for all of us, right? Mm to live humbly, right? But also to be thankful. I love how you said that. If we woke up every morning and just were like, thank you, God, you know, yeah. for the gift of your son, Jesus. Thank you, God, for what I have. Yeah. And now let me use it to further your kingdom.
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> and even opposed to like, opposed to saying, God, I wish I had something else yeah. today, but to say like, I really am thankful for for what you've done for yeah. me today. makes a huge difference. Mm. Well, I'm thankful for you.
1: Thankful for what God's doing through mm-hmm. you and Dave and the whole team in Knowlesville
2: and that we all get to do this together. God. It's awesome. Amen. It's awesome, thanks. So
1: Nick, it is so good to be sitting here, right here to our yeah, Nashville yeah. campus. And man, thanks looks, for coming. Oh, that's yeah. amazing. You're doing such a great job. Uh, well, Praise
3: God. Praise God. Blessing, yeah.
1: So tell us about, like, how are people feeling right now in Nashville just as a community or really
3: in where we live? Insane. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's, it's, you know, halfway a joke and, you know, the pop culture, pop culture definition of that, the whole idea of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Um, And I think you can trace that um, back to the beginning. Uh, I was reading in Genesis 11 the other day, um, it's the story of the Tower of Babel, the Chaldeans, the Babylonians, and the people having a common language and coming together and saying, hey, come and let us build this tower that's going to reach heavens. And it it sounds admirable. You're like, hey, they're going to get close to God. That's a really good goal. Um, But the the line in there says, come and let us make a name for ourselves. And, uh, and I think that level of autonomy, um, it's all about me, is the biggest challenge. And that's what we've tried from the beginning. The tower fell, but the mindset stayed. Mm. Um, so you've got a picture generations later where the prophet Isaiah is talking about the fall of physical Babylon. And he says, you were secure in your wickedness. You thought nobody saw you, nobody could touch you. Um, It was your wisdom and your knowledge. And you said over and over, I am and there is none besides me. Mm. And that's the level of autonomy and the pressure that we all feel that I'm it. It's my story, it's my life, it's my choices, playing by my rules. And that's an arrogant statement. I am, I'm it, there's none besides me, but it's also a really lonely one. Wait a minute, I'm it, There's, there's none besides me. Um, and there's so much pressure wrapped up in the idea of running your own life mm. and, and sitting on the seat of authority in your own life. We were never meant to do that. Mm. Um, and trying to and striving to over and over again, um, it just makes us crazy. And, and the stress that follows and the mental illness that follows and the mm. physical and physiological diseases that come out of that of us trying to sit in the seat of authority on our own lives and live in autonomy, it's a challenge. Yeah. And that's what I see. Wow. Yeah. That is. Incredible
1: insight, and I think you're exactly right. What are those things that distract us, though? Where, where do we put our attention or our eyes that
3: really create that in all of us? Well, the list is long, but you mentioned the idea of Nashville, and mm-hmm. people are moving here, and okay. we've seen the economy grow like crazy. And one of the things that we're all really kind of intently focused on all the time is the idea of personal wealth. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's attached to career and career goals. And one of those is the cart, and one's the horse. One of them is the ends, and we think it justifies the means, but it's this idea of where is my wealth in life? Mm. Um, And that's a moving target. And we look at the disproportionate way that it's uh, distributed and the people that have and the people that don't and and what we're supposed to do with that. Um, And and honestly, I kind of get this picture in my head of, do I have wealth or does wealth have me? Mm. Um, And where does the real challenge come from? And what are we really focused on? Um, it can be a really uncertain thing. You know, a a lot of uncertainty in our world. We think it's unprecedented times, and there's all these moving targets about what we're supposed to do, and how we're supposed to grow, and what's supposed to multiply in our lives. And we can get really distracted by all of that and the fluctuation when we've got the most certain, the most sure thing that we could ever focus on, which is Jesus Christ. That's the only guarantee. Mm -hmm. All the other things are going to fall, and He's going to be what we're left with. Mm -hmm. And so That's just a distraction to keep us from our attention on Him. Wow. Wow. So how do we do that? I mean, like, how do we keep our eyes
1: on Jesus in the middle of this? Autonomy, wealth, all these things that you're talking about. Good question. I don't know.
3: (laughs) You know, we're in this series and I love it. I can't wait for all the subsequent weeks and zeroing in on Hebrews chapter 12, the idea like, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Mm -hmm. He's author and perfecter of our faith. But I love the next line. Who for the joy set before Him endured the cross. Mm -hmm. Wait a minute, cross? That doesn't sound like a whole lot of joy to me. Um, But then we start to realize that our greatest joy is sacrifice, and that's what Jesus did for us. So if we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, it probably means we need to fix our eyes on others. Mm. Take the focus off of ourselves and focus on other people. We just did Matthew chapter 25 in the last series, and I loved it. Um, It was that moment where Jesus is explaining to his people, you know, the sheep and the goats. And he's saying, you know, when I was hungry, you fed me. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you gave me clothes. When I was sick and in prison, you visited me and you mended my needs. And I'm and people are like, well, wait a minute, when did we see you like this? And Jesus is like, when you did that for the least of these brothers of mine, you did it to me. Um, and I think there's such a picture there of of others first, mm. um, and one of the greatest ways that we get rid of stress in our own lives is to serve. Yeah. Um, and so that picture of of putting other people first, um, I think matters. And and if we're going to put Jesus at the center of our attention, it probably means focusing on others along the way. Um, so I think that's at least one tool that we can use and really zero in on. Man, I think you're
1: exactly right. I mean, love God, love others. Love others. It changes us. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Now.
3: Thanks for all hey, thank you do, man. Thank you. Appreciate it.
1: Chase, we live in a world of distractions, and probably you know better than anybody because you're working with parents and families, but especially kids. What are some of the distractions that they're facing today?
4: Man, I think if we go to the first one on the list, it would be this, it would be wow. technology, right? And I think everybody would agree that this is um, the single uh, most distracting invention on the face of the earth, right? <laughs> and we get a lot of information. We have access to a ton of information and access to a lot of in- misinformation <laughs> as well. Yeah. But uh, but you find yourself scrolling aimlessly through social media and before you know, it's 30 minutes down the road. And so I would say technology is a is a huge one. And, and part of those stats is that on average, uh, the average person on any given year, um, looks at their cell phone 82,000 times in a year. Um, that means that they are looking at their phone once every four minutes. Now, before the end of this video, there's gonna be some people that have looked at their phone at least eight times before the end of this video. Yeah. There's a, there's a really cool picture that went around a couple years ago. It was, a uh, it was an older lady at an event. I don't know if you remember this. She was at an event and she was like taking in the moment. She was living in the moment. And then all around her were people with their cell phones out just trying to capture the event, video the, the event. And she was just so in the moment. I think that defines kind of where we are with technology. Mm-hmm. A lot of times that's so distracting. And I think another one, we can, there's a bunch of them, uh, but sports. You know, we love sports. Yeah. <laughs> like sports is a big part of my journey. It creates, you know, discipline, exercise, leadership development, team team building Damn. skills. But there's a shift that makes that happens when sports keep us from from God, mm. right? Um, sports keep us from God. Yeah. Come on, and, God. yeah. yeah. And, and the problem is not sports. The problem is when sports get the upper hand. Yeah. And the problem is whenever sports we we begin to to worship the sport, and we don't even realize it, right? Yeah. Lots of other distractions. Um, image mm. can be a distraction for the next generation. Wealth could be a distraction for the next generation. But here's the thing that I keep going back to, is that the things that we get distracted by mm. are rarely as important as the things we get distracted from. You know, there's a story in Scripture um, where Jesus in the, is in the house of Martha and Mary, yeah. and Mary's at the feet of Jesus. And she's so intent on being with Jesus, Mm. like listening to Jesus. And what was Martha doing? Martha was busy. Mm. She was preparing the house. She was doing other things besides being at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus actually uh, called out Martha. And she said this, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you're worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. See, Martha was so busy focusing on the things around Jesus, she missed Jesus. And I really do think that we live in a, a world that we focus on the things of this world, and we miss the Creator of this of this world. Wow. And I really do believe that that Jesus is one of the things He's trying to tell us. There is that the things that can distract us can also enslave us, mm. right? I, I wrote down a few of those things. Um, we give our time and attention to social media because we're looking for the approval of others, mm. that can enslave us. So we we work long hours to find significance in this life. That that idea of significance in this world can enslave us. Wow. The idea of we are over we overschedule our lives and our kids' lives because we believe that more is more, mm-hmm. and we but that idea of more actually can in, in, enslave us. So distraction is a huge issue today, man. That- that is so good. I mean, it's powerful and it's
1: for all of us, right? And Chase, talk about this because you as the family pastor, you're over all of our campuses and you do such an incredible job. I mean, you've got a great team working with, you know, our preschool children, students at all campuses, and you're impacting hundreds and thousands of kids. But how do we help as parents or adults? How do we keep our eyes on Jesus? But how
4: do we help our kids keep their eyes on Jesus? It's a great question. I think, I think the first one I just thought... Reestablish your, your priorities. Yeah. Re-establish family priorities. And one of the best ways to do that is take an inventory of your time. Go throughout the schedule of your week. okay? What part of your week um, establishes a connection with God, right? What part of your week? Then go to your kids' schedules. What part of their week are you helping them establish a connection with God? I think the second thing we can look at is evaluate our kids' needs versus their wants.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: That's a huge one. And wow. that's really tough for us because a, a lot of times their wants are not what they need. And we as adults, a lot of times our wants are not not what we need. What do they need? Well, they need... Um, they need um, Connection with somebody who's going to point them to Jesus. They need a small group. They need to discover that their identity is in Christ And so how can we help them do that? I think one of the things that um, That we want for our kids You want this everybody out there wants this we want our kids to be successful in life We we care about what they do. We want what they do to be important and and them to do well at it but I would be willing to bet that everybody um, cares more about who they become, mm. cares about the character. Uh, Reggie Joyner said this. He's a he's a pastor, and he says, every parent will leave a personal leg- legacy, but not all parents will leave behind an inheritance. And he said, what I give to my children or what I do for my children is not as important as what I leave in them. In them. Mm. In them. So um, one of the things we always say here at Rolling Hills, we're not interested in graduating nice or good kids. Mm-hmm we're interested in graduating kids who are passionate about Jesus Mm -hmm. because when they get passionate about Jesus, it changes who they are. It changes them from the inside out. So how do we help them on this journey? We have to model what it looks like Mm -hmm. to remove distractions in order for us to gain spiritual traction. Mm -hmm. I think those are a few things that we could do. Wow. That's so good. And man, just so thankful for you and the ministry
1: that God's given you and and all of our kids here, we're praying for them. Mm -hmm. But really it starts with us, right? As we keep our eyes on Jesus, they're gonna watch what we do. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be the leaders uh, in that. Thanks for
4: sharing.
1: Yeah, man. Well, T, it's so exciting to be sitting here now, you know, having grand opening in Columbia last Sunday. Praise God. What yeah, a awesome. great week. Awesome. Man, Thanks for so being painful. there. It was great. Oh, I loved it. Loved it. So, hey, you're doing an awesome job. But tell us, how are people in Columbia as a whole kind of feeling right now?
5: Yeah, it, yeah that's a great question. I, I, Spending time in the city and in, in the community, uh, one of the things that you can sense is, you know, there's just a lot of new people here. There's yeah. a lot of folks that have moved uh, to Murray County. We've talked about this, that it's the fastest growing community the fastest growing county in the state of Tennessee which is just awesome and people are moving from all over the place you know yeah. a lot from California and New York and, and Chicago and uh, so there's the sense that that all this is new and it's exciting and, and one of the things that we've said a lot is that people have a house but they don't have a home mm. you know and so finding that that place that's home that's uh, that they settle I think that's a, a lot of the things that are that are stirring in people right now in, in in this town as it's as it's growing so much, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so they're coming here, they're being drawn here, something. I mean, a lot of people just like picking a map yeah, and going, absolutely. I want to go there. And, and talk about what are the distractions? What do you think that they're either looking for or the people in, you know, Columbia are looking for, where do they find their help? Where do they find their hope
2: right now? Yeah,
5: yeah. I, this is, again, a great, a great question. I, the, what's distracting I think is that is that worry about do Mm -hmm. I have a place do I find a home you know is this going to be a great move for us or you know for some folks that have been here forever what is what is all this new coming you know like what is this going to do to my community and those kind of things so I I think that those are some of the things that are distracting obviously it's the same things that we've talked about in all the other places but but you know particularly here that that reality that there's there's a new place and how do we make sure that our kids find their home mm-hmm. and, and uh, that we find a, a spot that we really fit and settled and, and those kind of things. And, you know, I, I think a part of that, how do we help people find their focus? Like what that next move for them, not just to worry about it is is really what we, what we consistently do is just, we we talk about Jesus and, yeah. and we keep that as the centerpiece. You know, um, that's what I love about Rolling Hills in general. You know, we we do we give a lot of practical reasons, a lot of places for people to jump in, but ultimately we keep Jesus as the center. And mm. and we know that that's that's the answer. Yeah. You know, like they're moving here for something they may not know that it's because Jesus like Jesus is drawing them here. Um, but but we want to keep Jesus as the central mm. central piece. You know, like Amen. That's, it. I mean,
1: that's that's it. Yeah. You know, and. Uh, talk about this, like, how do we help people? We're going to Columbia, right? We're, we were planted, we're here. We're <laughs> we're here. So how do we help people, whether it's in Columbia, Williamson County, Murray County, Middle Tennessee, God put us here, how do we help people keep our eyes on Jesus, whether it's us or new people that are coming in. Yeah. How do we focus on Christ?
5: I, mean, I you know, the Hebrews uh, mm. chapter 12, you know, it, it, you know, throw off all these things that hinder us. That's such a, a centerpiece of what we're talking about. But he says, consider mm. Christ, the suffering that he went through. And I was thinking about that, just in that considering Christ and realizing that, man, he suffered so much. It wasn't just for me. Mm. It wasn't just for me. It was for the people that are moving to this city. Yeah. You know, that it that his love, it, it's something to celebrate it, but it's also something that compels us. It moves us out. and. It's the reason why we go to Columbia. It'd be really easy right now. I mean, God's doing incredible things at Rolling Hills, all of our campuses. It'd be really easy to look inward, but rather than that, we're looking outward and inviting people to do the same thing, mm. to look outward and say, hey, your neighbor's new. Like, focus on Jesus, put your eyes on Christ and let His love compel you to reach the, reach the nations, reach the, uh, the world that's coming to us right here, looking for something. They don't know it's Jesus, but it is. Ultimately, that's what mm. they're looking for, right? Man.
1: I love that. I mean, I think that's what God calls us to, you know, individually and as a church, right? Like you said, it's so easy to turn in right Mm. now and the isolation, the fear, the uncertainty, you know, so many people are feeling that and that tension. But man, when we put our eyes on Jesus, it just opens us up Mm. to our neighbors who are moving here. I mean, wherever we're living, there's new people moving all around us, right? Or people coming into new workplaces and everything. Mm. And for us to offer the hope and the joy of Christ. Man, I'm so thankful for what God's going to do in Columbia. Mm. And, And man, everybody's behind what's happening there behind you and Greg and the whole team. But just know that God is at work and God's called us there. And so let's live it all for the glory of God. Man. Amen, amen. Let's do it. All right. <laughs> wow, church family, it's amazing what God's doing at all of our campuses. And I'm so grateful and I'm so thankful. And for us to be the ones to share the love of Christ with others, that's our call. But guys, it starts with us, you yeah. know? It starts with God's doing in your heart and in your life, you know, and for us to stay mentally and emotionally strong in the Lord. And so I wanna ask you, how are you doing, <laughs> really? I mean, this last 18 months has taken a toll on everybody. And sometimes we can put on a happy face and we can seem like everything's going great, but, but inside it's really hard. Would you trust Him today? Would you, in your own heart and life, just say, I want to set my eyes on Jesus. I've put my eyes on other things in the world. I've gotten distracted. My life is filled with worry or or stress, and today I want to come to Him. You know, when you fly on an airplane, right? The, The flight attendant always gives the safety speech and says in the event of a loss of cabin pressure, plastic masks will fall from the ceiling. Place the mask over your nose and mouth first. Then if you're traveling with a smile child, place the mask over them. See, you're supposed to put it over your mask on you first. And a lot of times we're trying to help our kids, we're trying to help others and we need to, but we also have to stay healthy. We also have to fix our eyes on Jesus. And there comes this point in every one of our lives that that it's not about religion, it's not about what we do, it's about what He's done. That He is the pioneer, He is the author of our faith. And maybe there's a time in your life that you've been trying to do this on your own and today you realize, I wanna give it all to Jesus. I want to let go and let God. When you see a trapeze artist, right, they're they're swinging, but there comes a moment where they have to let go and grab the hand of the other. And if they don't let go, they, they swing backwards, right? Or they get stuck right in the middle. And for us, we've got to let God. We've got to trust him. You, you know, we can't go back to 2019. Uh, we all want to, we all remember those days, But but we've come through this and there's a new normal. There's not a going back. We can't get mad. We can't get frustrated. We we can in our lives, but it's not going to help anything. It's just going to get us stuck. But in our lives, if we can now learn to go forward and trust Jesus with our heart, to say, I want you to be the Lord of my life. I want to follow you. I want to trust you. And then in our lives for us to make him the perfecter of our faith, for us to learn to pray and to get into God's word. You know, these next four weeks, I pray you're going to be healing for all of us. Emotionally, mentally healing. But I love Psalm 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. Not he was, not he will be, he is right now in this moment, my shepherd, personal. And it says, I lack nothing. And knowing that because of the grace of God through Jesus Christ, you lack nothing, that he is with you, that he is for you, whatever challenges you're facing today, would you trust him? Would you hold on to him? And would you grow deeper? spiritually than you've ever been before. You know what COVID has shown us is our own mortality, right? None of us are going to be on this earth forever. There's going to come a time that we're going to go home to be in heaven. But while we are here, would we be men and women of faith? Would we be mature? Would we be strong in the Lord? Would we love people like Jesus loves? Would we focus on him? I don't know where you are today, but I know this. God has a plan for your life. And God cares about you more than you even care about yourself. That's why David said in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any impure way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Can you pray that prayer today? Search me, O God, and know my heart. God, I want to be fully known. I want to be fully healed. I want to be fully alive. God, know me. And I give my life to you. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. Just for a moment. Just you and God, nobody else. Don't think about the distractions. Don't think about the worries. Think about Jesus. And right now in this moment, would you open your heart to him? Would you say, search me, oh God. Know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. God already knows. So would you be honest? Maybe today is a day of salvation. You go, Jesus, I want you in my life. God, I want to let go and, and let you. I want to let go of the worry. I want to let go of the fear. I want to I let go of the stress. God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Jesus, come into my heart today. Maybe for you, it's, man, I've gotten consumed with everything else. My eyes have been on money or my eyes have been on success or my eyes have been on COVID numbers or whatever it's been. And and today, God, I want to give it to you, God. I want you to be my hope and my joy. So Father, meet us in this moment and change us forever. Lord Jesus, we love you. God, I know prayers are going up to you from all of our campuses right now. And God, it it doesn't confuse you in the slightest. You are sovereign God over all. You created us. You love us with an everlasting love. And so, Father, I pray that we would get healthy, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, Father, spiritually healthy, and that you would grow us to be the men and women you create us to be. So, God, we love you, and we dedicate our lives to
0: you. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, where you can find great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcasts, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you want to learn more about what's going on in the life of Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app or visit our website at rollinghills.church. From there, you can follow us on Instagram and Facebook to stay up to date on what's happening and ways you can connect. We're thankful for you.